A few years ago, my Christian friend was attending a Bible study at another church, and my friend heard some interesting things there and invited me to attend. So I went. The teacher began to talk to us about how to be saved, and I immediately sensed something was wrong with the teaching. As it turned out, the teacher believed that my friend and I were not saved. The teacher believed that salvation came only through the act of water baptism at her specific church. Sadly, this woman did not know the scripture herself and had fallen under false teaching and was now spreading false doctrine. And unfortunately, I think many of us on this uh, Zoom time have witnessed or come into uh, situations where they've heard things like this. So tonight we're going to look at what Paul has to say about false doctrine within the church and what's to be done about it. So last week, Ava introduced our new study from 1 Timothy, Live the Gospel of Christ. And the letter of 1 Timothy and the letters of 2 Timothy and Titus are considered pastoral epistles to help co-laborers and leaders to teach, disciple, and spread the good news of Christ. In last week's scripture, we learned that in this letter, Paul is addressing Timothy, a leader and co-laborer, about matters of leadership for the church of Ephesus. And tonight, we're going to look at the next section of Paul's letter to Timothy, which contains a theme, which we will see is important, that Paul will elaborate on multiple times in this letter about false doctrine, and a topic which is equally important to us today. So if you would turn with me in your Bible to 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 7, we'll read our passage for the night. And again, it's 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 7. And Paul writes to Timothy, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away in vain discussions desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they're saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. So Paul begins this section with a strong direction for Timothy. He urges him, meaning he's encouraging him strongly, to command certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. When Paul uses the word doctrine, He's referring to the beliefs and principles of the Christian faith. To Paul, true doctrine would be based in the Old Testament scriptures and the teachings of Jesus. This different doctrine, which is sometimes translated as a strange doctrine, would refer to teachings that are being bring refers to teachings that bring principles that were not scripturally sound or in keeping with the teachings of Jesus Christ. So Paul goes on to describe some of these strange false doctrines. He says these are things which people are devoted to. He says like myths and endless genealogies. 
Now, scholars are unclear as to exactly what Paul was referring to in regard to myths and genealogies. However, we know a few things about that time period, which is around 60 AD, uh, about what people were doing at that time. And it was common for some to elaborate on Bible stories by adding extra biblical accounts. So basically, stories were being added into true ones. Hence, Paul uses the word myths to describe what is happening. In regard to the genealogies, we know genealogies were important in the Old Testament and particularly regarding the line of Abraham. And there seemed to be those who expanded on biblical genealogies, and maybe not accurately, and possibly to include themselves or their ancestors to their own gain. But whatever these false doctrines actually were, it was clear that some of the church were devoting themselves to these false doctrines. And this, of course, affected their devotion to Christ. It caused them to focus on peripheral things and things possibly of self-promotion and not of the truths of God. See, this is a tactic of the enemy to get the focus off the true principles of God. And it's seen early in scripture. In the beginning, God gave one principle, show love to me by obeying a single command and don't eat of the tree. But Satan leads Eve to question God's principle and instead she focuses on herself and decides on a false principle that she can have more in life if she just eats of that tree. But that false principle in the end leads her away from God. The enemy has not given up on this tactic even today. This tactic to get one's eyes off the true principle and onto self and self-interpretation continues. I really enjoy listening to Christian worship music, and I came across a couple of songs on my phone app that sounded good. But I had a check in my spirit as I was listening to them. So I thought, well, let me take a quick look at the song producer's website. And there I found their statement of beliefs, which is their doctrine. I read it and it all looked fine until I got to the last paragraph, which said, we believe that anything not specifically stated in the scripture can be left to personal interpretation. Well, that sent a big red flag to me (laughs) and I had to delete those songs off my phone. See, this is a very subtle and strange doctrine. See, we believe from scripture, that all truths for living are found in the scripture. And where it's not specifically stated, we know from Jesus's teaching, and specifically from John 16, 13, that the Holy Spirit will guide us in all truth. He will show us how to apply the scriptures to the situations. A personal or self-interpretation leaves all kinds of openings for opinions and false outcomes. And as Paul puts it in this, speculation. Paul says these strange doctrines promote the speculation. That means it brings up questions that get people conjecturing on things and coming up with all kinds of answers, not necessarily based in truth. And these things can lead people and paths away from the true doctrine, the principles of Jesus Christ. So this false doctrine can lead to devotion on something other than Christ, And they can lead to speculation, tying people up into questions and leading them away from the truth. Paul goes on about the outcome of these false doctrines in verse 6. 
Paul says the following of false doctrine leads to the swerving from true doctrine and those wandering into vain discussions. Now, when we take a long trip, we often put our car on cruise control. And these cars today are so smart that if the car swerves and starts to get out of the lane, it will immediately start blinking and beeping uh, because swerving is dangerous. And so this false doctrine of swerving is dangerous. This following of these false doctrines get one off track with their faith, and one can end up leading off swerving and wandering into what Paul calls vain discussions. I really liked when I was doing this research, I read the King James Version. It calls it vain jangling. And I said, boy, that's a good way to put a vain discussion. <laughs> it means empty, pointless prattle. So instead of following the true, true doctrine, which leads to salvation and Christ-likeness, these ones are falling into harmful and pointless ways. They're, they're creating compromising and confusing messages of Christ for others to hear. And this comes against the whole purpose and the calling of the church. So this matter is very serious and so serious. And that is why Paul urges Timothy to command these ones in the church at Ephesus not to teach a different doctrine. Paul writes in verse 4 that instead of promoting these strange doctrines, they should be stewards of the true doctrines that come by faith. So the Greek word used here for stewardship is the same that is applied to household administration. So to steward is to keep it and keep it orderly and right. The true doctrine is sacred and it needs to be stewarded under God's direction and by faith. That is why it's so much important for each of us to know true doctrine found in the scripture. For our pastors and teachers to be trained in the scripture and for each believer to read the scripture and sit under the teachings of the pastor and the teachers that the Lord has placed in the church, this is very important for us to stay on track and to have accountability to these leaders who God placed among us who are learned in the scripture. And all this is to be done under the guidance of God, the Holy Spirit. Paul goes on to say that the aim of this charge to stop the false doctrine from spreading is love. He said that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. Now I must confess, there was a time when if someone began to speak a false doctrine to me, I would immediately go into a defensive position and wield the sword wildly. <laughs> I felt that they were almost an enemy coming at me. Someone came to me with a new revelation of a scriptural principle. It was clear to me that this was not a new thought, but actually a corrupted thought from another religion. I gave the person a rapid succession of Bible verses that refuted what they were saying. The conversation was strained, and the person went away no better off in Christ than before our conversation started. The Lord convicted me that day because I realized I was not doing it in love, but in self-defense. See, the aim of Paul's charge is, is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. It is the love, the love of Christ, that he has for each one that will draw them to the right relationship with him. 
And we must rely on the Holy Spirit to have that love and then to present the truth in love when we hear of those living by, by, by and under these burdens of false doctrines. So there's so many false doctrines and teachings out there now, and they will increase as our society moves further away from the truths of God. So we must ourselves be alert and not swerve off the course. We need to be prepared knowing the true doctrine and have our hearts prepared to be able to speak the truth in love so that those who have swerved off can be brought back to him. So let's pray. So Lord, we just come before you and Lord, we thank you for this uh, guidance and warning about the false doctrines, Lord. I just ask first, Lord, that you would clean our own hearts of any um, pride or any thoughts, Lord, that, um, that we might have, Lord, that haven't been in line with your doctrine that maybe we have harbored and, and uh, knowingly or unknowingly. So we ask now, Lord, that you would clean us from this. And I ask, Lord, now that you would protect us from the false doctrine, that you would give us alertness through the Holy Spirit when things don't line up with your Holy Scripture. And I pray, Lord, that we would be good stewards of the Scripture, that we would be the ones showing others what the truth is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, Lord, I ask when the, those come to us who are falling and swerving in these doctrines, that you would give us the love of Christ for these ones, that we would speak the truth in love. Lord, sometimes that speaking the truth is hard, and sometimes the others don't understand right away. But Lord, it gives us hope that your Holy Spirit can work now. And so we ask that we would always have love and invite your spirit in. So while we have these conversations, we can turn others back towards you. And so Lord, I just ask that you would strengthen us as a church in this area uh, and strengthen your greater church, Lord, uh, to follow the doctrines that we know are true from your scripture, the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. If you were moved by today's message, that was the Holy Spirit wooing you to himself. God created the entire universe so that he could be in relationship with us, so that he could be in relationship with you. His son came to the earth. Though he was completely without sin, he died the death of a sinner, took all of our sins upon himself, and was resurrected so that we could have eternal life. All we need to do is accept what he did for us. You can find out more at westchesterchapel.org forward slash salvation. But why not pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for suffering and dying for me. Thank you that your death atoned for everything that I've done to separate me from you. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, and Holy Spirit, come into my life and empower me to live for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to know about it. Please send an email to info at westchesterchapel.org. Now, 
our website is under construction right now, so these links may or may not work. But if you go to westchesterchapel.blogspot.com, in the right-hand column, you'll see an article on salvation and a way to get in touch there. If you live in or near Westchester County, we hope you'll join us. Find out when we're meeting at westchesterchapel.org. Again, that website may be under construction, but be patient with us. Also, if you're outside of the area, you can join us on Zoom, and that info will be there as well. But we do encourage you to get plugged into a local body of Christ-centered, Bible-believing Christians. Lord bless you.